This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Even if you're not trying to capture the exact spark that you had, I think it is important to still make sure that you're making the effort for each other as well. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu. I'm here with my lovely wife, Lisa, and we're back on YouTube. So super excited to be here. For those of you listening on the podcast, what is up to you? We still love you guys. Thank you for rocking with us. All right, next question. This comes from Anne Mormon. Hi, Tom and Lisa. What are your thoughts and feelings about term spark in a relationship? My boyfriend of four months has been telling me he's not feeling a spark in our relationship. I'm well aware of the honeymoon period, but he isn't very educated on this topic because he hasn't been in a relationship before. How do I educate him on this without seeming overbearing and stuck up? I think his expectations may be somewhat unrealistic. Oh, there you go. My best friend also tells me that she doesn't believe in a spark. She says all of her deepest connections, romantic and platonic, have been built over time. How do I reconcile between the two opinions and if I have a true connection with him or if I'm out of line and I need to end things because there just isn't a spark in our relationship. Wow, so this is really interesting. Um, I will say that the most fascinating part of that question to me is the word educate. She doesn't need to educate. Right now she needs to listen. They both need to be talking. They both need to listen to each other. They need to start defining terms like I'd love to know if she asked him, what is a spark? What are you talking about? Is it purely neurochemical? Is this sexual? Is this just a question of you used to, you know, rip my pants off the second I walked in the door? Like that may be what he means. Like there's not a veracity of sexual appetite like there was in the beginning. Um, But if she's thinking, oh, you don't have feelings for me. Like you don't see that this could turn into love or like, well, you know, if you've been in a relationship before, you know that sort of initial cocaine effect, it, it begins to change and morph, but it's still this wonderful, beautiful, nourishing um, thing, experience that's unlike anything else. It's actually better than the spark, but that isn't actually what he means. Or is it really, no, they're both saying the same thing, and it's that there is, they, they both define the spark as that sort of you know, beautiful connection that two people have where you look at each other and you can still get the butterflies nearly 20 years later. And it's like, that just isn't there. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how they define it. So going through that and not thinking, because the way that the question is worded, even though she was asking, like it could be, you know, any of these three, if I had to guess, judging by the way that she used the word educate, like how do I educate him on this? He's not really experienced, blah, blah, blah. Um, that tells me that she thinks she has an answer and she's coming at it the wrong way. So I think the two of them need to come together as novices, no matter how many relationships people have been in. I think all the relationships they've been in are holding them back. They're certainly not setting them free. And so they're bringing a lot of assumptions to this relationship. So I think they have to come completely open-minded, understand that people use words differently, and really begin to explain like this is exactly where I'm at. This is how I feel. So now in terms of the second part of the question, I think that relationships absolutely change over time. I think that the um, 
cocaine-like effect, and, and I'm Explain pulling Explain it, from, yeah. Assume that people have never seen so it. So if you or... take people in at the beginning of a romantic relationship, put them in an fMRI machine and scan their brain, you cannot tell the difference between new love and cocaine. So it lights up the dopamine reward centers. It causes you to secrete serotonin. Like There's this whole cascade of neurochemistry that happens that looks like the person is using drugs. And that, thank God, fades because if it didn't, you wouldn't do anything. There's just a way that you get sucked into that relationship. And I remember at the beginning of our relationship, it was it, the only right word is intoxicating. I literally was about to say the exact 100%. same word. It was just intoxicating. Mm-hmm. Not only did I not think about anything else, I didn't want to think about anything else. I just wanted to opine over you and to be lost in you and to write you poetry all day and like, and that was amazing, and I'm very grateful for that period. It was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it, and I drank it in for everything that it had to offer. But over time, it allowed us to really begin to focus on developing a deep connection, a real bond to support each other, to become sort of these two orbiting stars. And I think that when you're orbiting stars around a, a, a shared center of gravity, it doesn't become that sort of weird destructive thing where you've got, you know, one person at the center and the other just revolves around them. Right. It's like two people that revolve around the the relationship, the love, the empowerment, the joy, the fulfillment, all of that that can, when you nurture it and all of that, sit at the center of the relationship and it comes with constant communication and all of that. Um, but it really can be this super powerful sort of notion of you, right? The, the we, the togetherness, mm-hmm. right? So if you think of we as the gravitational center, and then you've got these two individuals that rotate around that who are still their own separate entities, um, you know, then it, it gets pretty amazing. And so for me, it was like, I wouldn't want, like if you said there's two buttons before you, you can be in the all-consuming drug-like period of your relationship, or you can be where we are now, where it's like, you're this functioning unit, you can do things together, build together, create, enjoy, like, for me, it's so easy. So it doesn't have the acute drug-like effect, but it is, it's, it's like fulfillment versus happiness. Happiness is so transient, whereas fulfillment will weather any storm. Fulfillment is actually born. I took a cold shower this morning, and I really didn't want to. And it was really cold when I got in. I just was not in the mood for a cold shower today. And... I reminded myself as my body went into not panic mode, but like this just crushing sense of urgency, like every fiber of my being was screaming, get out of the water. And I thought, wait a second, I control that. I don't need to feel that sense of urgency. And instantly I relaxed. And then I got out and I was cold and it was a hard thing. And I was so proud of myself. That's fulfillment. So it's very different than a bowl of ice cream. Mm -hmm. But when you can have that, sense of like deep contentment, connection. It's just much more powerful. So anyway, that is a very long way of saying that they've got to really come to define what they want, talk through this, figure out where they are, figure out what they want from a relationship, be open to that the other person, whether this is his first relationship or not, has insights for him to be open to her perspective on having been through it before. So I think that at the end of the day, the only real answer for them is listen to each other, define terms, and then we can figure out how to march forward together. Yeah. Um, 
Because if she even said about her friend, right, I think it's irrelevant, right? Everyone's got different experiences. Some people do develop over time. Some people do have the immediate um, spark cocaine here. Um, so I think that they do need to talk about how they are coming to that relationship together as individuals versus listening to someone else. Because her friend may have been like that, but that doesn't mean that she's going to be like that or he was like that. And it doesn't mean that they're mutually exclusive, right? right so yeah. in my experience, you get both. Yeah. You get this one thing that happens instantaneous, not instantaneously, but relatively rapidly. Yeah. It is very acute, very intense, very overwhelming in a pleasurable mm -hmm. way. And then over time, you morph into a couple. Right. But also, in fact, I actually just posted about this. Um, when you're making that transition, so we were very aware that that transition was going to happen if we wanted a long-term relationship. And so we were very aware that it was. Um, but it's, it's important to make sure that you're still um, working on each other, oh, sorry, working on yourself at the same time. So for instance, the more comfortable you get, the more you, know, you don't make, make as much of an effort. And I, at one point, especially when we started Quest, right, for the first two years, I was basically in sweatpants, hairnet, and like sneakers that were like really old because I didn't want to ruin my new ones. So for two years, you were seeing me every single day at work, like looking like, you know, a hairnet and a, cat, a lab coat. It's not exactly sexy. And I remember like getting into that habit, right? Because every day it's just, like, it was so much work. We were spending so many hours at the office. And so the last thing I want to do on when I come home on the weekend is to get dressed and look sexy, right? And then you end up in a pattern where you're just um, living every day and you're not necessarily thinking about, okay, well, when I first met him, I did make an effort. And that is still important. Even if you're not gonna, even if you're not trying to capture the exact spark that you had, I think it is important to still make sure that you're making the effort for each other as well. Um, and um, yeah, so like making sure that like even got my hair done today and like I was hoping like you would like it, right? Like I do things like that because I still want to see that spark in your eye. Um, it may not just be in the relationship as intense as you first were when you first got together. Yeah. And I won't let you lie to these good people. You're going to a movie premiere. That's why you did your hair. That's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> but your hair does look good. That's true. But to be honest, like part of me was we just spent all weekend in onesies, right. matching onesies. It is I'm pretty gonna... funny how drastically different though you look over the right. weekend. But so yeah, gonna own it. We spent. I don't spent... mind though. I don't. A what? Me like, being in a onesie? Yeah. Like I don't. I actually don't find you less sexually attractive. But I will say that I like the. Like the drama and stuff, exactly. like it looks rad and I love right. that you do that sometimes, but it's not like on the weekends I'm like, girl, you better do that hair. Right. But if I, I think though, if I didn't make an effort for a while, Ever? you, I would want mm. you to be honest with me. Yeah, I think you're, you're with the wrong person for that. Like my thing would be, I'll notice it when you do it, but I won't be like, oh man, I really wish you would dress up or whatever. Yeah, you that's would think true. that about me though. Yeah, that's and actually, yeah, that. that's actually very true. Maybe. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't feel good about myself if I didn't. Like dressing up and doing things yeah. like this, giving me the confidence that, is... that exude it. Um, 